Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, with my co-host, Mitch and Skyler. Gentlemen, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. The last year of the storied career of Ben Roethlisberger um, comes to a close with a nine and seven, nine, seven and one record. Mike Tomlin continues his streak of not having a losing season as a head coach, um, but really a tough year for the Steelers all around. They started the year out fantastic, 1-0 with a win against the Bills before they lost three straight games to the Raiders, Bengals, and Packers. They came out of that 1-3 start, winning their next four games against the Broncos, Seahawks, Browns, and Bears. They tied with Detroit um, to ensure that Detroit wouldn't have a, uh, a winless season. Um, uh, they then followed it up with back-to-back losses to the Chargers and they got crushed by the Bengals. They beat the Ravens 20-19, to lost to the Vikings, beat the Titans, lost to the Chiefs, beat the Browns and Ravens to close out the season to get into the playoffs, but lost in the wild card in Kansas City 42-21. to Ben Roethlisberger in his uh, final year led the Steelers to the playoffs, played in 16 games, finished with 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Najee Harris, the rookie uh, first round running back, th- uh, 370 uh, attempts, 1,200 yards, seven rushing touchdowns on the air. He also added 74 catches for 467 yards and three receiving touchdowns. Um, Don, uh, Deontay Johnson led the team in receptions and yards, uh, 170 uh, receptions, 1,161 yards. He also led in touchdowns with eight. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, the rookie tight end, had seven touchdowns for the uh, Steelers there. But Chase Claypool only had two touchdowns. Um, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster didn't find the scoreboard at all. Finished the year with 15 catches, 129 yards um, after only playing in five games. Uh, and then defensively, TJ Watt had an absolutely fantastic year. The defense still looks strong. But 9-7-1 and one for the last year of Ben Roethlisberger's career. What were your guys' thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021? For me, they were a mixed bag, but I wasn't surprised. Like, they definitely had some huge positives. Uh, Like you said, the two rookies that they got last year, Najee Harris, 1,200 yards. I didn't expect that kind of production from him, so that's awesome. Pat Freyermuth, I think, had a pretty good uh, rookie tight end season if it wasn't for Kyle Pitts. And then T.J. Watt almost, like, a half sack from breaking the um, sack record was – yeah, would have been (laughs) – um, was amazing um but i mean big ben you know he was okay or almost four thousand yards to 22 touchdowns to 10 interceptions but you know still wasn't good enough to win you uh, a playoff game and still very old uh the offensive line gave up 38 sacks everyone could have told you that um and then even though they even though tj watt was amazing and make a Micah Fitzpatrick or Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, still looks like a great pick in Cam Hayward. I still feel like the defense otherwise was kind of a letdown for them. Um, at other areas of position. Um, and I feel like the yeah, it was just a pretty expected disappointment even though they had some individual highs as a team it was just really bad for me it's i think it's just a continuation of the downhearted 
that downhill trend that we saw uh, two seasons ago um, when we had the that the, the team that that you know was the number one overall seed um, but lost to uh, Cleveland in the first round of the playoffs or in the divisional round of the playoffs. Sorry. Um, like yeah, that. Um, I no, no, wild card. Sorry. Yeah, no, I don't think they were the number one overall seed that year. They weren't. Uh, that went to Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, but you lose in the wild card. Um, as the number two seed. Sorry. But like we had seen the weaknesses of the team, they couldn't handle a good defense because, because there was uh, a rough like uh, uh, like there wasn't offensive production, and you you do a good thing by getting Najee Harris in there, but then you're trying to like again try you're trying to put a good running back into a situation where he doesn't have a good offensive. Um, and that's rough. You have an aging quarterback whose entire premise of why he was such a good quarterback is that he was basically a quarterback that was built like a linebacker and he could shake off really anybody. And as he got older, he couldn't do that nearly as much. You guys, they have one of the most talented wide receiver uh, skill position rooms, but you're getting no production out of it. Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't give a single touchdown. Chase Claypool only has two. And this was a guy that was uh, behind some of the uh, more crafty touchdowns this season before. Uh, Pat Frymuth does amazing work. Like you have these, a lot of really good, a lot of really good steps that you need to take into these situations, but the offense is still lacking. And now you lose your starting quarterback. Um, so I, I honestly think I had them having their first losing season. Um, going, I think I had them going like seven and 10 or something last season. I have to look again. Um, so they exceeded expectations for what I thought that they could do. But that's uh, that's rough still because there's there were still signs of those things that that we're looking at. I I thought Melvin Ingram was going to be a great pickup. I thought that uh, Joe Schobert was going to be a, a great pickup. I, I looked at all of these guys and I was like, you're going to do amazing things. Joe Schobert's gone. Joe Hayden's gone. Um, like these guys that were at the that were going to be great for them moving that I thought they were going to be good for them moving forward are no longer on the team. And they, even when they were on the team, they weren't where they needed to be. So it's, it's rough to try to kind of place and predict what the Steelers are going to look like moving forward. Cause they have a lot of good signs, but like Mitch said, their secondary let them down. So like what on, on a historically good defense, how do you do those things? How do you, how do you correct those things? What direction do you go in? Mike Tomlin is a great head coach still hasn't had a losing season. How do you move forward through that and continue that trend? Yeah, so there's two things that stand out to me. Looking at the Steelers' uh, stats is you have uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who's 39 years old, and not another skilled position player under the age of 30. That's astonishing to me. Um, I've never seen that before with with any team. And, and maybe a big reason why the Steelers struggled offensively is because of the fact that Ben Roethlisberger was your, was a 39-year-old quarterback. I, I don't know. The other thing that stands out is Najee Harris had 1,200 rushing yards. Not another Steelers player had over 100 on the season. So Najee Harris was a fantastic running back for you, but you only had 383 yards rushing from everybody not named Najee Harris. That's unacceptable. That's why the Steelers were one of the worst rushing teams in the league, we just finished our Eagles episode where we talked about a team that was so good at running the ball, but so bad at passing the ball. And the Eagles or and the Steelers are kind of the exact opposite. 
they they're so bad at running the ball outside of Najee Harris. And then they're very mediocre at throwing the ball. They were fourth in attempts, but about, uh, but exactly 15th, I think on yards um, passing 16th on touchdowns, seventh in the league in interceptions, like uh, sorry, seventh fewest, um, but 29th in yards per attempt passing. Like it, it, it was bad for the Steelers offensively. And you look at even their best games and you go, okay, well, they beat the Bills in week one because of a blocked punt for a touchdown. Offense had nothing to do with that. Um, they, beat the, they beat the Bears 29 to 27 because the ref had something against that one Chicago player. They beat the, uh, <laughs> the Ravens uh, 20 to 19 because the Ravens decided to go for two. And then they beat him again at the end of the season because Tyler Huntley was, or because Lamar Jackson wasn't back quarterback at that point. He didn't play. So actually he didn't play in either of the games uh, against the Steelers this year. So the issue with the Steelers is that like when you look at a lot of their wins, even the one against Tennessee, okay, well, there was no Derrick Henry in that game. Um, They didn't beat the Bengals. They got crushed by the Bengals, 41 to 10 and uh, 24 to 10, uh, respectively. They couldn't beat the Raiders. They couldn't beat the Packers. They couldn't beat the Chargers. They couldn't beat um, the Vikings. They couldn't beat the Chiefs uh, either time they played. Like, it, it was just another season of they beat a lot of the teams they were supposed to beat, like the Broncos, like the Seahawks, like the Browns, like the Bears. But there's no signature win on there. Huge part of it was that Ben Roethlisberger just didn't play well, and he didn't have much help from his wide receivers. Chase Claypool uh, had one of the, the most baffling moments in uh, the NFL last year when he attempted to celebrate a first town as clock was running and they were trying to spike the ball. Um, I think cost the team that game. Um, I don't remember who that was against, but yeah. Nope. Did you just say that again? Yeah, you're right. Chase Claypool did the touchdown celebration cost him that game. Yeah, it, it was, I, I still disagree with that entire thing, but that's a mute point. We're going on to next season. Um, but uh, uh Chase Claypool really didn't have a great season receiving the ball. Juju Smith-Schuster was nowhere to be found. Otherwise, you're looking at guys like Ray Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod and James Washington to pick up production. Eric Ebron, who was a solid tight end, you picked up a couple of years ago, only had 12 catches on the whole year. Zach Gentry, who was your other backup tight end, only had 19 catches. Like, there just was not any offensive production from the skill positions anywhere outside of Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. And even with those guys playing as well as I think they played last year, the Steelers still just weren't, they, they weren't as successful. We know that when this Steelers team is clicking, that they can be a 13 and three or a 13 win football team, that they can be one of the best teams in the AFC. And with a defense as good as they've got, there's no reason they shouldn't be one of the better teams in the AFC. But since they lost that Super Bowl to the Packers 10, 11 years ago now, this franchise, this team just has not been the same. They had the Antonio Brown drama. They had the Le'Veon Bell drama. They had Ben Roethlisberger's just continued to age and the team didn't address it. He had injuries. Just lots of lots of things the Steelers could have done differently to avoid the place that they're in right now. But 9-7-1 and one last year could have been a lot worse. Um, let's head over to their free agent class. Um, some pretty key uh, acquisitions for the Steelers. Um, you bring in Mitchell Trubisky, uh, the backup quarterback for the Bills, former first-round pick with the uh, Chicago Bears. Everything from what I've heard coming out of camp is that he's the preemptive or presumptive starter week one. You bring in Miles Jack, a, a solid linebacker from Jacksonville. You bring in Larry Joby, but you do lose your starting right guard and Trey Turner. You lose Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you lose a couple of other guys, as well as 
some other key additions, Demonte Kazee, uh, James Daniels. Uh, so taking a look at their gains and losses, who stands out to you guys? I think for me, the biggest uh, loss for them is Joe Hayden, just because he was their best corner. And I don't know if they uh, accurately the, replaced it, to be honest. Um, so I think that's going to hurt them. Um, otherwise, when looking at their gains, I, yeah, I think Miles Jack could be good for them. Um, Mitchell Trubisky is potentially your starting quarterback. Uh, I'm sure that'll go great to ask Bears fans. Um, but I think the two best moves that they did make is what they did for the offensive line. Um, getting James Daniels from the Bears uh, last year, he gave up four less sacks and had a better grade than Trey Turner, who he'll be replacing. And then Mason Cole from the Vikings, I believe. Uh, gave up one last sack and had a better PFF grade than Kendrick Green. So in theory, they did upgrade. But on the other hand, there is a reason why James Daniels isn't still a Chicago Bear and Mason Cole still isn't on the Vikings. And it's not like they have all-time great, like, Wall of Dallas kind of offensive lines. So uh, I don't know. It's very mixed bag. Sure. No, I get you. I understand. It's um, – Yeah. Mixed gap, mixed bag. Like we're looking at all, like all of the guys that they lost, they replaced in some kind of way. You lose, uh, you lose Joe Hayden. You replace him with Levi Wallace. You lose Trey Turner. You replace him with James Daniels. You release Ben Roethlisberger. You replace him with Mitchell Trubisky. It's almost like you're getting the Walmart version of these players. Um, like it's a, it's a good, it's a good piece of what you need. But again, like these are a lot. Like Mitch said, there's a reason that these players were on these teams. And these teams were not successful, like in those specific, like you're talking about the Bears, whose offensive line was really good at running the ball, which is something that you need more of because Najee Harris was basically running by himself there for a while. Uh, but pass blocking, they were a horrible. So you take Trey Turner, who's a great pass blocker, and you turn that into uh, a good run blocker, but how he's going to do in pass pro again for a, either a rookie quarterback or Mitchell Trubisky. Uh you're looking at um like like again you had your Davius White as a defensive back um for the Bills, but it's not like we they weren't also trying to find someone else to play that opposite corner position. And Levi Wallace wasn't like was being subbed out for different guys at that time. Joe Hayden is could be a Hall of Fame defensive back at some point. We'd like that's that's that I well, that's I think a, he's a Hall of Fame defensive back and that's a hill I'll die on. Okay, like, but like, what you're you're replacing Joe Hayden with a guy that was being uh benched in Buffalo on yeah. a good defense. Like, you're again Mitchell Trubisky, a guy that got benched multiple different times in his career and was backup in Buffalo this last season is now your presumptive starter. Like, that's not good when you're looking at an offense that was already needing to improve. Um, the one I really like and I think just strengthens the the defense is getting Larry Ogunjobi from uh Cincinnati. You get him, put him in the middle of that of that uh uh defense. I think he's gonna do good things there. I think that that helps because you need somebody next to Cam Hanward to you know run stuff. But the the defensive backfield is still a liability for this team because it's really Minka Fitzpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick and nobody else back there. Um. Like you, you're needing, you're going to need some people to step up in that defensive backfield, people that we don't know about in order for this team to succeed. And that's even more concerning when we're thinking about the fact that you have to play, uh, you have to play the Bengals twice a year and you're going to have to play, uh, 
you're going to have to play uh, uh, Cleveland twice a year, who both have very smart and intelligent uh, offensive head coaches. With whoever's playing quarterback for the uh, Browns, they're going to be able to exploit some of those things because they have the skill positions necessary, uh, skill position players necessary to do those that stuff. Your linebackers are okay. You need them to cover uh, well. Can they step up and do those kinds of things? I don't know. Um, so like the, this free agency, you get a lot of, you fill a lot of the, uh, positions that you lost, but I don't know what to expect from those players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to kind of, I'll agree and disagree with the both of you. Um, I'll agree in that it, it is a very mixed bag. There's lots of, there's lots of areas where you're like, okay, this seems like a value brand version. You know, I, I understand where you're going with this. Right. Um, but where I'll, where I'll disagree with you guys is, first off, I, I think that they actually did make a couple of solid secondary moves. Yeah, you didn't bring back Joe Hayden, I understand that. But you re-signed Terrell Edmonds, and you brought in DeMonte Kazee from Dallas to help with that safety position where you've already got Minka Fitzpatrick. I, I think that that does do wonders for your team um, to continue to invest, especially when we're talking about them having to play uh, Baltimore two times a year who wants to control the center of the field and Cincinnati who wants to spread the ball out, possibly running a nickel secondary or even a three safety secondary of some kind, isn't the worst defense to run. And it's one that we've seen the Steelers run and run effectively. This is still a very good Steelers defense. I agree with you guys, uh, with you guys, the Larry Ogunjobi signing to me is huge. Dude had seven sacks last year, more than he's ever put up in a season with the Bengals. Um, and he wasn't even fully healthy last year. I think that that's huge and, and continues to supplement the interior defensive line. I feel like I'm a broken record when I'm saying it because we just talked about it, but I'm not where I'll really knock this free agent class guys is I'm not seeing a single halfback signed at all. And I know that we got Najee Harris, but as I said, outside of Najee Harris last year, not a single Steelers player finished with a hundred rushing yards on the season. And you're bringing back that same depth at the halfback position, your offensive line. I, I think all in all got better with the acquisition, especially of James Daniels. Um, but you're, you're not doing anything for your halfback position. You're not doing anything to help Najee Harris by extension. You're not doing anything to help the successor of uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who, you know, who we'll talk about Kenny Pickett here. It, it, Najee Harris can't be out on the field playing every snap for you. We saw that with Le'Veon Bell, and by the time the dude should have been in the prime of his career, he was already kind of run down because of how much the Pittsburgh was using him uh, almost on every single down. The, the Steelers need to invest in that backup uh, halfback depth. Honestly, I would say that this this free agent class would be a lot better, even if they had just signed a guy like Raheem Mostert or or Chase Edmonds or uh, uh, who was the guy with the ramp? Sony Michelle, um, who just left, yeah, I think. Yeah. You know, had they signed one of those yeah. guys, I'd probably look at this free agent class and be like, you know what, that's all in all, that's pretty solid, you know, but not having any additional halfback depth, losing wide receiver pieces like James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster, who weren't high producers for you last year, but had been relatively high producers for you over these last couple of years, um, uh, to me is, it, 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 it it, it brings it, it worries me. It worries me quite a bit with where the Steelers are, are going. But let's move on to their draft where they do address some of those positions. Um, first round pick, 20th overall. The Pittsburgh Steelers take the only quarterback taken in the first round, Kenny Pickett, the uh, kid out of Pitt. So he's going to be playing in the same home stadium. 
They followed up in the second round, taking George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia. In the third round, they go DeMarvin Leal, defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. In the fourth round, they pick up Calvin Austin III, wide receiver out of Memphis. In the sixth round, they pick up Connor Hayward, tight end out of Michigan State, fullback tight end, and Cam Hayward's younger brother. Um, they And then in the seventh round, they pick up Mark Robinson, linebacker out of Ole Miss, and Chris uh, Oladukun, uh, quarterback out of South Dakota State. So two quarterbacks taken, two wide receivers taken, but once again, no halfbacks. What are your guys' thoughts on the Steelers uh, draft class? How do you grade it? Um, I'm going to give it a C. Uh, Kenny Pickett is going to be the heir apparent, but it is kind of concerning that the guy you take with your first-round pick and is the best quarterback out of a really bad draft class uh, isn't getting the starting snaps and instead is the backup to Mitchell Trubisky. That is a little bit concerning. Um, George Pickens is talented, and it looks like from what we're seeing footage from camp that he's uh, – healed up nicely from his injury um but there was also the off-field concern so that is a little bit uh concerning given the wide receiver history in pittsburgh um and then uh i, I really hated that uh, they decided to draft a second quarterback instead of getting another running back or maybe some more secondary depth or something i just feel like it's a wasted pick uh but the, the pick that i do like the most out of is Marvin wheel uh very uh, another talented uh, Texas A&M defensive line guy, versatile. Last year had 58 tackles, 12 and a half for a loss, eight and a half sacks, and a forced fumble. I think that's a, a very good pickup for them, especially when a guy like Steven Tewitt uh, just retired. Um, and the rest of the defensive line is pretty old. So I think he could be uh, a very nice uh, future starter um, for them on that defensive line. Um, but otherwise, I would really wasn't impressed with this uh, draft class. Like this one's hard for me because I I do like a, a good chunk of this draft. I'll go C plus, um, and that's really because I really like the middle of this draft. Um, basically, George Pickens to Connor Hayward. I like um, what you're looking at, and I like what they addressed. Um, but I agree, Kenny Pickett, you, like we all saw it coming from a mile away. He's a Pittsburgh quarterback. He is a Heisman finalist. He's the best quarterback in the draft. Maybe like we all saw it coming from you need Ben Roethlisberger just retired. We saw it coming from a mile away. He, um, but even then he probably wasn't worth the first round pick. Um, we probably could have gone somebody else. He probably could have gone something that helps you a little bit more. No knock on Kenny Pickett. I think he's a good guy. I think he's he's he fits exactly what the culture and what Mike Tomlin wants wants in his team. Um, I think he fits from a scheme point too. Uh, he led. He was one of the top passers in deep yards last year. And when you have guys like uh, Chase Claypool, uh, Pat Fryermuth, you can get some guys to stretch the field. I think that helps. And speaking of stretching the field, getting George Pickens and Calvin Austin out of uh, Memphis, I think was awesome because those two players can help you stretch the field if there was a guy that i was going to compare to aj brown or dk metcalf in this draft it was going to be uh george pickens um but can he stay healthy and can he be more than just one big play because that's what we saw uh from his last season at georgia um i really would have liked him going to i had him going to green bay in the first round in our mock draft 
Um, and so I think he's definitely, they definitely getting him in the second round. I thought it was awesome. Um, Calvin Austin, I'll speak more on because I really do like the pick. Um, when you're looking at the guy that you were able to get, I, I think he was a steal. Um, he's, he fits, uh, <clears throat> he fits that, uh, slot, uh, wide receiver, which you really haven't had, um, in terms of like prototype, he's had two back-to-back a thousand yard, uh, seasons and that includes the COVID season, um, had uh maybe a little bit down in touchdowns but 19 touchdowns in the past two seasons um he's averaging uh he's averaged over 15 yards per uh reception his entire career um the guy has just gotten better and better and better um he's he is doing great he doesn't drop the ball very much um and he's good against man coverage uh the, the only concern is that he did play for memphis so how does he then address uh adjust to uh playing in the nfl um, and at five, eight, is he too small? Um, as someone that's five, eight, I say no, but that's just me. Um, I'm also not, you know, how, how big is this guy? I'm also not 170 pounds full, full pure muscle. Um, like he is, uh, so yeah, you're fucking like, at 177, but sorry. I think, I, I think I'm like 180 something and it's not muscle. Um, so, uh, I'm I, I I do like those picks, but I agree. Kenny Pickett, you probably could have gotten him in the second round and would have been fine. Um in drafting another quarterback, I, I don't think was something that you could have used it to address really anything. And the fact that you didn't address the defensive backfield at all in this draft uh hurt you too. Um you needed help in the defensive backfield and you did not take a single defensive back. Um I you I I think it just speaks to a larger problem of the fact that besides like wide receiver, um, they're not willing to build depth at different positions. Um, that you know you're going to need. We talked about they have an aging defensive line, they have an aging offensive line, they have an aging everything, and they just don't put the resources to addressing those kinds of things. Um, they wait until the guy's retired or is already in his decline before you have a suitable backup. Um, and so that's why it's a C plus. Yeah, I gotta agree with uh with you guys. I I also graded it at a C. Um, I know it's got to use a C plus, but um, the Kenny Pickett pick. I mean, he something something is to be said about the fact that he's the lowest drafted quarterback in the first round since 1997, when Jim uh, uh Drucken Miller was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, only ever played in one career game, finished with one touchdown, four interceptions in that game. Um. Kenny Pickett's gonna have a better career than that, I understand, but we all we all said heading a couple of weeks heading into the draft, if any team drafts a quarterback in the first round, it's a mistake, and and I I can't help but but grade this as a mistake. Would Kenny Pickett have possibly been there when you then turned around and picked again at at fifty two? Maybe I mean you know would Tennessee have been willing to bite the bullet on Kenny Pickett if he had been available in the second round or would Atlanta you know or Carolina like there's there's obviously that question Pittsburgh wanted Kenny Pickett they got Kenny Pickett they wanted George Pickens they got George Pickens I love the Demarvin Leal pickup I love the Calvin Austin pickup Connor Haywood Mark Robinson Chris Olodekun uh, uh, I don't see those guys making roster Hayward probably but. Mark Robinson is a dude who only played one year at linebacker as a converted halfback. So to go from halfback in uh, collegiate football to linebacker in the NFL in a two-year stretch is tough. And I don't know how that's going to work out. 
Um, and Olodakun, I, I don't see him making roster as a quarterback. Um, George Pickens has huge upside, 14 touchdowns and 24 career games at Georgia. Um, but off the field issues and injuries play a huge part in that. It, it's just, it feels very middling. I don't like that there's no defensive back taken. I don't like that there's no halfback taken. I don't like that there's no um, offensive lineman taken. Like all three key areas where I'm like, wow, Pittsburgh desperately needs to get better in those three areas, corner, backup, halfback, offensive line, and they don't address any of them is, is worrisome to me. So I give it a C. It it might work out for the best for the Steelers. I'm not sure, but to me, it's not putting Kenny Pickett in the strongest position to succeed. Um, uh, With that being said, Let's move on to the Steelers uh, 2022 uh, schedule prediction or record prediction. Steelers kick the season off at Cincinnati before uh, coming home against New England. They go to Cleveland, home against the Jets, at Buffalo, back home against Tampa Bay, at Miami, at Philadelphia before a bye week. They come out of their bye week uh, with home games against the Saints and Bengals before they go to Indianapolis, to the Falcons, back home for against Baltimore, at Carolina, home against the Raiders at Baltimore and close the season at home against Cleveland. So nine, and, uh, nine, seven, and one last year, Kenny Pickett's the new uh, sheriff in town or uh, possibly Mitchell Trubisky has been told that he's getting QB one. He's the presumptive starter until told otherwise. Um, so given confusion at the quarterback position, Mitch, how do you have the Steelers finishing in 2022? Um, so my hot take is going to be my season prediction. I think Mike Tomlin has his first uh, losing season finally, and I think it's going to be five and 12. Um, I mean, first look at the division that they're in. The Bengals are coming off a Super Bowl appearance and still very damn talented. Good. Um, the Ravens are getting, uh, Lamar Jackson back who's to me, a top 10 quarterback in the league. And, as of right now, Deshaun Watson's only going to be six game suspension. So when he comes back, uh, he's one of the better quarterbacks, even though he's a terrible human being off the field, it's still a better team. So it's a very tough division. I only see them getting one divisional win. And that's when Deshaun Watson's not on the Cleveland Browns. Um, Otherwise I think they have a pretty tough schedule when it comes to non-divisional opponents. I mean, they have to play the Patriots as long as Bill Belichick's there. The Patriots are a threat. They have to play the Buffalo Bills and then play against Tampa Bay. The Dolphins are better. The Eagles are better. The Saints, I think, are better. Um, and they have to play against the Raiders and then the Ravens and then the Browns with Deshaun Watson. That's a tough stretch. Um, the, the offensive line technically is better, but I don't think it's good enough. Uh, the quarterback position is very lackluster for me. The Deontay Johnson, who was their best wide receiver, hasn't played in camp yet because they don't want to fucking pay him. Uh, surprise, surprise there with the Steelers. Um, and I still have some questions for the uh, defense. And we talked about how there's no backup running back. So Najee Harris is going to get overworked again. And who knows, he might get hurt. And then they have no run production. So I think this is going to be their worst season in the Mike Tomlin era. And I think they're going to go 5-12. and 12. You know, last year I got a lot of flack for saying that this team was going to go seven and ten. Um, Deservedly, so they finished above five hundred and made the I know they just finished. They weren't a team that should have finished above five hundred, but they did. Um, <laughs> um, and the fact that somebody had them doing worse than I did this year, um, 
They're like, well, they, well, they got worse. So I, I, I feel I. You know what? I just feel somewhat. I feel good. I feel a little vindicated over it, um, because I got so much flack for it. I, I, I feel a little vindicated. Um, all in all, though, I do agree with Mitch. I do think that this is. Mike Tomlin's first losing season. I know I said it last season. I'm saying it again this season, but I do have them going better than Mitch said. I have them going six and eleven. Um, and it's honestly, again, their defense is one part of their defense is really, really good. That defensive line is very good, probably one of the best defensive lines in football. Um having, you know, just the TJ. TJ Watt as a player is probably one of the most, uh, and I hate to say because he's from Wisconsin, um, is probably one of the best pass rushers and one of the best uh, sack getters in in the history of the NFL. Um, I, again, even with an ad- additional game that's been added, um, he was consistently helping this team get to 50 sacks a season. Um, actually every season that TJ Watt has been a Steeler, they have had 50 sacks, um, which is amazing. He is, he is continuously very, very good. I, I, I can't help but think that JJ Watt would have been very similar if he had been able to, uh, stay on the field. Um, well, he was similar when he was, a when he was healthy. Yeah. Like he won two defensive players, two defensive player of the year. TJ Watt three, um, like. Like, but imagine, like, imagine, imagine him being healthy. Like, imagine the career that that was like, yeah, absolutely, how, even better. Uh, TJ Watt is uh, a great, but when we're looking at the secondary, Mika Fitzpatrick is the best player in the secondary, and he can only cover so much of the field. Line up backer position, you have some good young talent there, but again, it's not great. I agree with Mitch wholeheartedly. You guys, th- this team got, I-, I have to, in the last four, in the last four, uh, two seasons. The Pittsburgh Steelers are three and one against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous, including losing, including losing to a backup quarterback in Brandon Allen. Uh, not this last season, but the season before. Um, you, yeah, I, Roethlisberger covered a lot. Um, your offensive line is probably, I would say, it's probably somewhat similar to what it was last year but a better running offensive line. I think that they're going to be able to run the, I think Najee Harris is going to have a little bit more wide open lanes, but the fact that I don't, if it's Kenny Pickett or uh, Kenny Pickett's or Mitchell Trubisky at the starting quarterback, I don't have Deontay Johnson right now is not reporting to camp. I have no idea when he's ever going to be able to get there. Um, Your, uh, your other two, uh, the other three leading receivers are no longer on the team in Juju Smith-Schuster, Ray Ray McLeod and James Washington. Like you just like that's a ton of production that you've lost, and now you have a new quarterback, and you have to bring that in. So there are weaknesses in this team, and they have to play a gauntlet of a schedule. Well, not only having to play that, uh, be playing the AFC North, but you have to play the AFC East. You have to play the A, um, NFC the South. NFC South. Um, which I mean, you could probably get two games out of there, but again, when we're looking at, um, Atlanta, we've we've agreed Atlanta has become better. Like you're 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 doing good. I don't know what these guys said about the Saints, but I I think the Saints are right around five hundred. Um, but they have they've put more effort in towards their weapons. Um, 
like Baltimore, you'd play Baltimore twice again. Like as of right now, Deshaun Watson is only gone for six games and he could play the entire season feasibly. And that's not good for you either because he is one of the better, like, again, one of the better quarterbacks in the league when he is playing. Um, Like that, that's rough. And not to say that all, and all three of your teams in division also have pretty good defenses. We saw that the Cincinnati's defense is improved vastly uh, from where it was two seasons ago. Uh, Baltimore always feels a strong defense. Um, Cleveland has Miles Garrett, who is again one of the top edge rushers. They got Jadavion Clowney back, and they have one of the best young secondaries in in the NFL. Like, what are you going to do to counterbalance that? That's rough. I I I like Mike Tomlin as a coach. I don't like the Steelers. I I've been very. It's just it's 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 the fact that Andy liked the Steelers really growing up, and that's kind of where it's at. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like that. Like I want Mike Tomlin to succeed. I like him as a coach, but I I honestly think this is his first losing season. Uh, yeah. So I I agree with Skyler. I have the Steelers going six and eleven. Listen, there's a couple of ways that I measure vindication. Vindication. Um, there's a couple of ways that I measure the Steelers. I think the Steelers have the best defense all around in their division. That's it. You went from having probably the second best starting quarterback in the division even with how bad Ben Roethlisberger was um, Lamar Jackson had a bad season last year. So you went with probably the second best quarterback in the division last year to the fourth, regardless of if it's Pickett or Trubisky, you have Najee Harris is the third best starting halfback in your division. And on, on your best day, Chase Claypool is maybe the fourth best starting wide receiver in your division. Now the guys like Amari Cooper have been added, um, and I'd probably put Jamar Chase and T. Higgins both above uh, Chase Claypool, all in all. Um, and Boyd. And yeah. Um, so you took significant steps backwards. You didn't address the backup halfback position, which to me means that your passing game is going, your, your entire offense is going to run through Najee Harris next year, all of it. I think he's going to get a ridiculously high amount of snaps. And I think he's going to get hurt because of it. Um, you've got a brutal schedule. Your wide receiver position is a, is a question mark after a question mark after a question mark. And your offensive line is not the steel curtain offensive line that it used to be. It's not the offensive line that won you two Super Bowls and took you to three Super Bowls in five seasons. Like it, it, it's not even close. And they've refused really to address that offensive line through the draft or free agency that much uh, over these last couple of years. I look at their schedule playing out as they probably start two and two with losses to Cincinnati and new England beating Cleveland and the jets, assuming Deshaun Watson doesn't play. And then they lose their next four, uh, actually wait, five, six, seven, eight. I, I have them then losing their next eight games. Um, and then limping into the back half of the season with probable wins against Atlanta, Carolina, and then between the two games against Baltimore, the Raiders and the Browns, I think they'll probably pull one off there. So six wins to me feels right for this Steelers team. It, it, there's not going to be much to look forward to because this is a really brutal schedule. Um, having to play the AFC East and the AFC North and the NFC South, and then your crossover games being the Raiders who got better, the Colts who got better, and the uh, uh, who's your oh, and then your NFC crossover game is the Eagles who were a playoff team last year. So like it's a tough schedule for the Steelers. Six and 11 is where I feel comfortable. Um, and if I had to give a hot take, I would, I would say that Najee Harris does not play 
I'll say Najee Harris doesn't play in more than 14 games next year. I think he gets hurt for three games to me is a significant amount of time. I, I think he gets hurt for a significant amount of time. Uh, and Mitch gave his hot take. Skyler, do you have a hot take, or is it also that Mike Tomlin has his first losing season? Well, I mean, I do have them losing this season, so I think we're all three of us are going on that. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say that uh, Mitchell Trubisky starts all seventeen games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really? Um, I will. I will watch it be broken like week two, but he does. He's not even the starter week one. It turns out. I mean, everything I'm hearing out of uh, camp. I mean, that we're all hearing out of camp. Not like I, you know, have a hotline to Mike Tomlin's office or anything like that. Um, like, I, Pickett's taking reps with the threes. Like, yeah, he, yeah, in in the depth chart right now, he's actually he's behind Mason Rudolph. He's with the threes. Yeah. Oof. So, like, that's rough. Um, this is your heir apparent, a first round pick, and he's your third string quarterback. Um, so I, and I think, I, I was vehemently, when Trubisky was at Chicago, I vehemently defended Trubisky, probably more than I should have. Um, but I really didn't think that he himself was the problem there. I think it was more naggy. I think it was more just everything around him because when he was put in a good, favorable system, he played actually very well. Um, and I think he does enough. Like, I don't, I honestly don't think Mike Tom, Mike Tomlin isn't a guy that's going to try to start seven two or three different quarterbacks throughout the season to try to uh, fix the situation he's going to put a quarterback in because he like we saw when Ben Roethlisberger wasn't able to play Mason Rudolph was the starter um for better or for worse um he's done it different times throughout the career when Ben Roethlisberger couldn't play they stuck with one quarterback whether it was um was it Davis Jones um the guy that from uh Oklahoma that started a couple games for them no, you're talking about Mason Rudolph. No, no, no. Mason Rudolph played for Oklahoma State, and he played a couple games. Yeah. There's another guy. Oh, no. Um, you know who I'm talking about, though. Um, I know who you're talking about. So, like, like, that's what they do. For better or for worse, they stick with the quarterback. They don't try – he doesn't try to change things. So, I don't see him changing for Mitchell Trubisky. If Mitchell Trubisky's able to play, I think he starts. Oh, it's gonna kill me as to what that guy's name was because mm-hmm. I, know, I know who you're talking about too. But mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. Wasn't it Landry? Landry? Landry Jones. Jones. Yeah, that's um, what it was. Thank you. Hey. Thank you, Mitch. So that is our episode. We've got the New England Patriots, Skyler's favorite team, coming up on our next uh, episode. One of the stranger draft classes, which we'll talk about um, as we head into year two of the Mac Jones. Uh, uh, <laughs> thank you. I thought that was funny um, as we head into. A year two of the Mac Jones situation and year fucking gazillion and a half of uh, Bill Belichick's career. Uh, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter, Spotify, uh, uh, Radio Now, Google Podcasts, and email us your guys' thoughts, fourthstringsp at gmail.com. Have a fantastic night.